You are listening to a sermon from MCA Church. To learn more about our community, head online to mcachurch.ca. Thanks. Good morning. My name is uh, Murray Dirksen. Some of you know me better from that view right there. That's the head that sits beside Pastor Michelle. We are connected. My family has been part of this church since June of 1970. Uh, I grew up in the city. Well, it was a town of 18,000 people at that time. Uh, I was discipled through the ministries of this church and actually received my call to ministry in the pew right behind Brendan. I was sitting right there when God called me into uh, ministry. And we have been sent out by this church uh, on various adventures. Uh, And thank you to each of you who have played a part in our formation, in our discipleship, and supporting us over the last four decades since we were sent off to Bible college to prepare for ministry. We are in the summer series. Um, We have talked about camping and picnics, talked about Sabbath keeping and the value of children and early discipleship. Today, I'd like us to look at Scripture to help us expand expand our understanding of adventure, rather appropriate for this particular week. And to see that adventure is more of a day-to-day experience with Jesus rather than a -a once-in-a-lifetime or maybe something saved for holidays value. When I say the word adventure, what comes to your mind? Maybe the worst fire season our province has ever seen? Uh, or or recorded. Maybe when you think of adventure, you think of hiking the West Coast Trail. Or maybe you think about cycling across Canada, as one of our youth just did last summer. Uh, Maybe you think of sailing or adventure boating. Growing up in the Okanagan, uh, we had a boat, and we would explore the shorelines of Okanagan Lake uh, on a Sunday afternoon. Maybe for you, adventure is fishing in one of the remote lakes outside of Kelowna, or getting on a motorcycle, whether it's a dirt bike on forestry roads, or maybe doing a ride with friends to some destination. Maybe for you, adventure is something in the sky, like paragliding or skydiving. Maybe for some of you, parasailing is more than enough adventure for your life. I think part of the reason that I've put so much, such a high value on adventure in life is from my discipleship and formation here in this church, specifically through a ministry that was called Christian Service Brigade. Anyone remember Christian Service Brigade? Yeah, it was a way to disciple young men uh, in the church by other men in the church, and most of it happened outside of the city up in the forests around the Okanagan. There are four aspects of adventure that I'd like to talk about today. 
And uh, the first of that is the calling of adventure in our lives. Two weeks ago, uh, Michelle and I were sitting on the balcony of cabin number three at Stewart's Lodge in Nimple Lake, where I was thinking and meditating about what we were going to talk about today and the various facets of adventure. To get to Nimple Lake, you have to drive 450 kilometers north to Williams Lake and then turn left on Highway 20 and go another 300 kilometers west towards Bella Coola. Um, there I was reminded of the, the many adventures that God has called us onto. The pastoral internship that we did in, in Quesnel back in mm, 1985, and where we spent most of the time with the people outside, doing something in the outdoors. After college, Michelle and I backpacked around the world for six months to confirm our calling to our, the international career of, of missions. And then we started a number of decades of what I would call our season where Jesus called us to follow him, our follow me years. It was follow me to Winnipeg and learn how to uh, ex learn and experience pastoral ministry. From there, uh, Jesus said, follow me to Mexico, where we went to Guadalajara, Mexico, and we're, part, we're, and we're doing church planting and church development for almost a decade. From there, Jesus said, follow me. Follow me to Surrey, B.C., Surrey, B.C., to serve the, the Alliance churches in B.C. with regards to missions mobilization. From there, Jesus said, follow me. And we followed him to Egypt, where we worked with refugees and expatriates. Then he invited us to follow him back to Latin America to work with the Alliance churches and our Canadian workers throughout Latin America. And a couple of years ago, I sensed Jesus saying to me, Murray, follow me. Study. Go, to, go back to university and uh, use your academic abilities to serve the community. Follow me. So much of the adventure in our lives has been in response to the sense that God was calling us to follow him. Jesus calls us to follow him in many different ways. If we look at some of the New Testament, some of the, the Gospels, and how Jesus personally called people to follow him. Uh, Matthew, in, in, in Matthew chapter 9, we see Matthew the tax collector, basically a CRA agent, not a CIA agent, a CRA agent. Um, and Jesus says to him, follow me. And he ended up leaving that profession and following Jesus. In chapter four, Matthew chapter 4, Jesus said to a number of young disciples, actually a number of them fishermen, follow me and I will make you fisher, fishers of men. In John 10, Jesus speaking to a number of his disciples, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. In Luke 9, uh, he said to a number of disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. 
And also in John 8, he says to other disciples, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And in John 1, there's a a very personal invitation where Jesus actually seeks out Philip and says to him, follow me. We see some of the adventures these disciples experienced uh, written throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'm currently uh, reading through the book of Acts, and it is full of more stories of what it meant to follow Jesus in the first century. Well, we have the privilege of following Jesus in the 21st century. Following Jesus is a calling, and that calling involves different types of adventures. So the calling of adventure. Then there's the value of adventure. The Apostle Paul is one who decided to follow Jesus. And Jesus actually called him to a very challenging life of itinerant preaching in Asia and Europe at the time. Paul always had a sense of adventure. And this is what he invited some new Jesus followers in the city of Corinth to when he wrote the passage that is going to form the central part of what we want to talk about today. It's one example in one of Paul's letters of the invitation to the adventure of following Jesus. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And my Bible reading this year has been in the message, so uh, this passage is in the message, so the wording's going to be a little bit different than maybe what you're reading in your New International Version or the ESV or the KGV. Um, so, and we're not going to read all of the words at this time. I'm just going to kind of read pieces of this, and then we'll dig into some of the other parts in a minute. Paul says to those in Corinth, Companions as we are in this work with you, we beg you, please don't squander one bit of this marvelous life God has given us. I'm going to jump down a couple of verses where he says, People are watching us as we stay at our post, alertly, unswervingly, in hard times, tough times, bad times. The next couple of verses we're going to come back to. Let's go just to the end of this paragraph where it says, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide, open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. I just want to review just some of those key phrases. Please don't squander one bit of this marvelous life God has given us. In hard times, tough times, bad times. I long for you to enter this wide, open, spacious life. And your lives aren't small, 
but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. In our family, we have tagged adventure as one of our core values. Do you know what your values are as a person? What you value most? Uh, maybe as, as a couple? Or maybe as a family? Do you know what your values are? A few years ago, while living with our girls in Costa Rica, we walked our family through the process of deter- determining our 10 top values for us as a family. We took a list of about 100 values, put them on a, had them on a sheet of paper, and each of us read through all of those separately and determined which of those values would rise to the top in our family. And then we, each with our list, we took the girls out for ice cream. I remember the mall. I can remember where we're sitting at the ice cream place. We ordered our ice cream, and then we sat down together, the four of us, and determined, kind of took each one, that we all agreed that these would be the 10 top values. And I actually have the very piece of paper that uh, we did. It was about 13 or 14 years ago. We still have it on our fridge very interesting, the very number, the, the one on the top of the list is adventure. And then respect for others, affection, love and warmth, family, support, growth, laughter and fun, honest communication, loyalty, and intimacy with God. Whenever we have faced Issues as a family, like potential discipline issues in those days when our girls were teenagers, um, we would ask them, instead of telling them what they're doing wrong, we would just say, so could you maybe just go to the fridge and look at our, the things that we've agreed on as our values and compare your actions or your words with what we've agreed on as our top values. It actually helped curtail the need uh, for discipline in the house because we were constantly reminded of our values and not by our current wants or desires or needs. It proved to be a great parenting tool, just in case some of you parents are looking for new ways uh, to deal with some of the issues in your home. You might want to go through the process of establishing a values-driven home instead of a discipline-driven home. Could you take some time this summer to work through your values? Could adventure be one one of those new values to add to your list of the top ten? We looked at the calling of adventure, the Jesus saying, follow me, the value of adventure, and now we want to look at the cost of adventure. Peter said to a number of his disciples, uh, or to the disciples that he was writing to, your life is a journey you must travel with a deep consciousness of God. Your life is a journey you must travel with a deep consciousness of God. 
Why would he say that? I mentioned that two weeks ago, Michelle and I were at Nimple Lake for a few days. Fishing, reflection, a bit of exploration. We were at that very west end of Highway 20, just before the highway descends down through the coastal mountains along the Bella Coola River to Bella Coola. This is the very same mountain pass that in 1793, Alexander Mackenzie was the first Europe, who was the first European to actually cross the 6,400 kilometers of the land of Canada and reach the Pacific coast. It was down that same river and valley that he descended and came across the Pacific Ocean. As he was making that descent, he saw this huge mountain in the distance. And Jordan, I think we have a picture of it there. And he saw this mountain and went, stupendous! Not a word that we would use right now, right? But in 1793, that's what you said. In fact, the mountain is still called Mount Stupendous to this day. I looked briefly through some of the journals of Alexander Mackenzie. Let's just say that the cost of getting to that point of seeing such a beautiful scene, the cost was significant. Remember, his travels were were in 1793. We're not talking about flight delays in the Toronto airport. Uh, or a flat tire, or maybe the price of gas, or a no-vacancy sign uh, when you couldn't find a place to stay. The cost was significant for him, for his companions, and for the First Nations people that were traveling with him. Adventure has a cost to it. I love to tell the story of various adventures that we have experienced in life. But I often gloss over the cost of those adventures. And I'm not talking about the financial cost. Rather, the pain, the endurance, the discomfort, the fear, sometimes sheer terror, the uncertainty, the awkwardness, the desire to quit, to stop, to get off the merry-go-round. In our passage, in our key passage today, Paul enumerates the cost of this life of adventure following Jesus. He says in that passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, people are watching us as we stay at our post, alertly, unswervingly, in hard times, tough times, bad times, when we're beaten up, jailed, and mobbed, working hard, working late working without eating, with pure heart, clear head, steady hand, in gentleness, holiness, and honest love. When we're telling the truth and when God's showing his power, when we're doing our best setting things right, when we're praised and when we're blamed, slandered and honored, true to our word, though distrusted, ignored by the world, but recognized by God, terrifically alive, though rumored to be dead, beaten within an inch of our lives, but refusing to die, 
immersed in tears, yet always filled with deep joy. Living on handouts, yet enriching many. Having nothing, having it all. Following Jesus is an adventure that comes with a cost. And it is important for us to anticipate the cost, the pain, the discomfort, the amount of energy required as we embark on new adventures with Jesus. But in spite of the cost, remember Paul's admonition at the end of this passage. Your lives aren't small but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. What does openly and expansively mean? Well, I think it means that there are all types of adventures to be had in this life. We look at the calling of the adventure and the value of it, and the cost of it. But there are many types of adventures that God actually calls us into. We often associate adventure with an external experience of something new or challenging. Today, I would like us to think about the different types of adventures that God invites us to. They can have a calling or an invitation element. Uh, They challenge our values at the deepest levels. And some of the internal adventures that Jesus invites us to actually have a significant cost to them. Having differing types of adventures allow us to live even more openly and expansively. It was December 2009. I was sitting on the bed in our home in Costa Rica with my laptop open and a Skype call. I was in the middle of a Skype call uh, with the psychologist of our mission organization. I had been feeling numb emotionally for months. And so I, I reached out to our member care team and asked for some help. I was not prepared for what our doctor said to me in that call. He said, Murray, if you do not stop ministry and deal with this now, you will be out of ministry permanently within months. I was asking, so I asked him, what do you mean stop? What do you mean by stop? I was thinking, Maybe a couple extra weeks off over Christmas. That would be great. His response was six months to two years. And I literally froze. Like, what? We accepted that invitation from Jesus. We saw it as an invitation from Jesus to go deeper. We spent three months resting and three months working through the deep emotional pains and losses and griefs of our years in Egypt and all the changes in our lives since Egypt, meeting weekly with our doctor who walked us through 
the process. It was the beginning of an inner adventure into the soul that continues today. I am so glad that I said yes to following Jesus into that inner soul adventure. There are all kinds of adventures Jesus wants to invite us to. I read a passage recently from Luke chapter 6, where Jesus gives some very challenging words. And I want to read them to you because I read It's better for Jesus to invite you to adventure than for me to try and explain what adventure you should be going on, right? So listen to these words from Jesus and see if he's inviting you to some kind of adventure. Luke chapter 6, he says this, you're blessed when you've lost it all. Very interesting passage for our community at this time. You're blessed when you've lost it all. God's kingdom is there for the finding. You're blessed when you're ravenously hungry. Then you're ready for the messianic meal. You're blessed when the tears flow freely. Joy comes with the morning. But it's trouble ahead if you think you have it made. What you have is all you'll ever get. And it's trouble ahead if you're satisfied with yourself. Yourself will not satisfy you for long. And it's trouble ahead if you think life's all fun and games. There is suffering to be met, and you're going to meet it. I tell you, Jesus says, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives toward us, generously and graciously, even when we're at our worst. Our Father is kind. You be kind. I'm not sure about you, but when I... When I read such radical teaching from Jesus, I become aware of all the ways that I am not living out what he is teaching. Treating situations, really hard situations as opportunities, or being kind in the midst of perceived opposition, I don't actually find that easy. And I actually find myself more irritated when circumstances are in turmoil than kind. Michelle and I were in the city of Mumbai, India, in June, a number of years ago. We arrived at the main train station to catch the Rajthani Express from Mumbai to New Delhi. But when we got there, we had our tickets, but I I couldn't find the track number or the car number to find out where our seats were. I just needed to know that little bit of information. So I asked a number of people, and they kept pointing me to a line uh, that I had to go stand in. Well, the line was long, and it was actually not quite a line. It was more of a crowd of people trying to get to one little information 
window that was behind bars. Uh, so I lined up uh, with many other people crowding around me and passing me <laughs> in the queue um, as I was trying to make my way forward. So adapting to my environment, what did I do? I began pushing my way forward in the line. I finally got close enough to grab the steel bars and pull myself forward to the front of the line. Men were shouting at me behind saying, get back in the queue. Well, I ignored them because 30 other men were ignoring them and pushing to the front. I pushed my way, actually pulled my way to the front of the wrong line. This was the line that everyone got into when they were on the waiting list. So someone didn't show up for their seats. Whoever got into this, to the front of this line, would actually get those seats. The man was gracious. He found our track number, our car number, and our seat number, handed them to me, and rather chagrined, <laughs> I left. However, however I adapted to that situation, I was not kind in that situation. Friends, Jesus is calling us to follow him. And following him always involves adventure. Sometimes that adventure takes you to exotic places. And sometimes it takes you into the caverns of your own soul and the pain that you have carried in your soul since you were a child. Sometimes the adventure takes you to a place of loving your enemies or being kind to the people you think are your enemies or at least people that are opposing you. Sometimes Jesus asks us to follow him in repairing family or friend or neighbor relationships. That type of calling is a hard adventure. Sometimes Jesus asks us to follow him in repentance for sins that we have not yet confessed to him or to others. Wherever Jesus leads us, it is worth it to follow him. It's always worth it. So where is Jesus calling you today? What adventures does he have in store for you? Like Paul says, your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Following Jesus is an adventure that takes you through this life and into a life yet to be experienced. Let me close with one more story. I was sitting at a table with the national leaders, the national leadership team for the alliance in Mexico, in a small city, Torreon, in, in the central part of central north of Mexico. We were in the pastor's house, which was also the church. He and his wife and two children 
shared one bedroom at the back of the house, and their kitchen was the church's kitchen, and their garage was the sanctuary. Um, and that's about all the house had, <laughs> was a garage, an entryway, the kitchen, and a bedroom at the back. So the pastoral family lived there. We were meeting in the garage. One of the leaders attending, his name was Jehu. Do you remember Jehu from the Old Testament? The guy who drove his chariot like a madman, like a Formula One racer, like a Sergio Perez of uh, Team Red Bull, for all of you F1 uh, fans out there. We were telling some stories of life around that table when Jehu told a story that has impacted my perspective on this adventure of following Jesus. He told the story of standing around his father's deathbed in the ICU of the hospital. The whole family was gathered uh, for, their, for the last moments of their father's life. And he died on that bed. And in Mexico, uh, when someone dies, you kind of linger in the room with the body for hours and tell stories about that person's life and their impact on their lives. I think they were six children. Um, and, you know, of course, their families all standing in that hospital room. Two and a half hours after the father had been pronounced dead, with the family lingering and telling their stories, the father opened his eyes, sat up in the hospital bed, looked at his family and said, it's all true. Everything that we believe is all true. And he closed his eyes, laid back down, and died again. This time for good. Friends, it's all true. It is all true. The adventure with God is worth it. When he says to you, follow me, accept the adventure whether he's calling you to go to some other country or he's calling you to explore some of the inner caverns of your soul. Maybe he's calling you to go across the street to your neighbor's house or maybe across the hall to your co-worker's office. If Jesus is calling you into a new adventure, say yes. Follow him. It's all true. It's worth the risk and the pain. Let's pray. Daddy, following you is not boring. It's not for the faint of heart. Following you is quite the adventure. And I ask that you, by your Spirit, will invite us to follow you in whatever you have for us, whether it's something for us today 
or this week or this month, whether it's something that maybe we've been putting off, like a relationship uh, or a conflict, or maybe something internally that we know is not right that needs to be explored, or it's a decision for a job or a decision for a career change. Jesus, invite us into the adventure. Don't give up on us. Keep inviting us. And may we get softer and softer and listen more carefully to what you have to say and follow you into whatever adventure you have for us. Open up our lives and allow us to live openly and expansively before you and the people around us. Amen.